Welcome to this week's episode of the Black Belter Podcast. This is episode 55 and today's guest is Adam Shelley. Adam was actually the first guest on the podcast in episode one. So as you will know, if you've listened to that episode, if you haven't, make sure to check it out. But Adam is a very successful Taekwondo competitor as a two times world champion and a five times European champion. But on episode one, Adam spoke about his plans to compete in MMA. And since then, he's had four amateur fights going three and one and is now looking to make his pro debut. So today I chat to Adam about his experiences in MMA so far, running his club during COVID, weight cutting and combat sports, as well as some thoughts on the recent UFC fights. Uh, thanks very much to the people who messaged me telling me they enjoyed the podcast. It's really appreciated. And as always, make sure to like, share and subscribe and hope you enjoy. All right, so what's up, Adam? How are you? Hi, Jamie. Long time no chat. How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. Thanks, man, for coming on. Yeah, no matter at all. Good Very to be good. back. Yeah, you're the second return guest. Hong was the first one to come on a second time, and you, you're the second. Right. It has been a while since we chatted, actually, because I'm just thinking back, like, to, it was probably, was a Munster Open? We were kind of sitting on having a chat there. That's right, yeah. Jeez, it would be. Yeah, got a bit of lunch or something, then everything came crashing down around us. Yeah, like the 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 chat we were having, like was a lot different. Like you, like you were talking about you know, your plans to go pro and all, and obviously I was planning on having a much busier year competing. <laughs> That's it. Like everything just got to be thrown out of whack. Like everybody, I suppose, like yourself, the planned competitions you would have had. Um, I I just kept thinking at the start of this, like you know, so let's say around February and March, I was like, at ah, the summer it'll all be back to normal. It'll all be blown over. Then we get to the summer and I was like, ah, come September, the kids will go back to school everything will be grand. And then when September hit then, it was like, ah, 2021, this will be all, get this year behind us. But now it's looking like, how far is it going to go? Nobody really knows, you know? Yeah. At the start, it was, it's just two weeks. That's what they told us. <laughs> That's it. Like, you know, and it, I think everyone just kept looking to the next sort of block, as I said, summer, September, whatever it is. Um, but now the sort of, for me anyway, the realisation is hitting in that this might go on a bit longer than everybody expected. So we just sort of have to get used to shit and try to keep pushing forward in whatever way you can. Yeah. Like, that was it. Like you were looking at, like at one stage you were looking at, oh, like even just from a Taekwondo point of view, like will we get the World Cup in? And then we kind of after a while, like it kind of, we got to about May, June. It was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. I know. That's it. To be honest, yeah. I think we'd be lucky if we even get the Euros in next year. Like, I was going to ask you that. What, has there been any chat about that? Like, have they mentioned anything about, you know, whether it's going ahead or not? I, I haven't heard anything. I haven't actually asked the agent about it or anything like that. So, I uh, will see. I, I, it's, it's so hard to know, like, isn't it? It's just so... Because yeah. even the way things are with flights, like, if we take... Like, if we're not on, like, Spain's green list or Spain aren't on ours or, like, you know, how does that work? Like, do countries have to quarantine for two weeks when they get there? Do some That's countries it. have to, some countries not. Like, there's just all that stuff, like, because I doubt we're going to get, like, obviously, soccer is still going on and they're playing Champions League matches because they have an exemption, but I doubt we're going to get an exemption. Exactly. And then, like, even I was thinking, you know, let's say if they did something where they tested everybody upon arrival or whatever, but, like, then if you go looking for, like, cases, you're going to find them. Like, so if they go test what participants, there's over a thousand you're going to find cases, you're going to have umpires, coaches, athletes, everybody having to either 
just not compete or go home or whatever. So that could throw the whole competition out of whack as well. So who knows? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was Ariella said when she was on it, was something I hadn't even thought of was like at the weigh in, are they going to be doing temperature checks with, with the weigh in? Like, you get your oh, temperature checked. Like you need to, you need to get that bring. You need to get that twice. You need to get yeah. it off the off the thermometer, and you have to get it off the scales as well. That's two things you have to worry <laughs> about then. <laughs> uh, hopefully, there'll be less worrying about the COVID. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. Beating the scales and beating the thermometer. What? <laughs> That's it. Like yeah, uh, then you're in. Yeah. But but do you do that every day? Do they check with like how would you even do it? Like would they do it just at the weigh in, or would they check? Every, like, every day as you come in the door do they check like this is like I know once with the with the taekwondo club myself and Ryan we te- we check the kids temperature every class um, and we they have to fill out a health form and stuff like that yeah. I think the original recommendation was that it should be done every two weeks but our COVID officer I thought he read somewhere like he, he to be fair he's very knowledgeable around the area he seemed to think it was just wise to do it every class. So we just, it takes two seconds. We have a little handheld thermometer, just check them on the way in the door and it takes two seconds. So it's not that bad. Yeah. Have you had anybody that had a high temperature you had to send away yet? Once, only once, one of the teenage lads, um, he, had, he hadn't actually been feeling well that day. He probably shouldn't have come down, but he came down anyway, just he didn't really think anything of it. His temperature was high. So we had our little... Um, isolation room set up and stuff so he went down there and waited for his dad to come pick him up went home it was pure smooth sailing like it was no problems um, and there's been no cases through like the club so far so we're happy days we're, we're keep going outdoors now at the moment so the kids are loving it yeah yeah we've had a couple where they've got they've got tested and because there's one kid he, he's he suffers with a, a chest infection like you know around this time every year so right. So, because he was coughing and had, I suppose, the symptoms, but like they knew that they pretty much he doesn't like he gets this every year. They had to get they got tested, so they all got tested. So that was three kids were out of trainer for a while, and uh, yeah, we we've we've had a good bit of that as well. You know, yeah. kids in school being close contacts and stuff, but hasn't been too bad. Yeah, because even that, like we were like, because we were thinking as a like, geez, we haven't seen them this week because like that you'd notice like with three kids from the one family that weren't training, so geez, we haven't seen them at all this week, and then they came back then. The day we actually said it, funny enough, one of them comes in the door and is like, "Oh, yeah, we weren't here last the last two weeks because we were waiting for our COVID test results." But it, it came back negative. It was just, it was just that uh, Tommy had a cough, <laughs> so we had to get. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you know what? What we're noticing as well, to be fair to like all the parents and stuff like that, like everybody's being fairly diligent and stuff with like if the kid does have a cough or they're not feeling well, they're not sending them. Like they'll drop a text yeah. and say such and such a body isn't coming to training this week like because he has a cough or whatever so that's obviously then everybody doing their part and sort of helping with the slowing the, slowing it down like you know yeah how have you found the training outside how's it how's it been going it's going good like we like myself and ryan don't mind it and um, we've keen ins helping us out as well actually because trying to stick to them coach to compare coach to student ratios um we just whack two jumpers on and we sort of keep moving throughout the whole thing. It hasn't been too bad. Uh, the kids are absolutely flying it. Like, you know, they, again, uh, dress accordingly and um, we keep them moving. It's all social distance and stuff. So there's like, there's no sparring, there's no pad work or anything. But like, there's some games we've sort of come up with that we can play. There's like loads of like shadow drills, plenty of technical work. 
Um, so yeah, they, they're loving it. Like, and so we just need to maybe sort of come up with some little system, maybe that we can grade them at the end of the year, just to sort of reward them for the hard work. But we'll sort of come up with that as it, as it comes along. Yeah, great. We we got our grading in just like the week before it all started changing from the yeah. pods. Like we did a grading on the Saturday. I think it was the yeah, it was the Saturday, and like come the middle of that week, it was like oh yeah, the pods of six are, are gone now. And we're back. That's when we switched over to the one-to-one training. But it's like just yeah, in yeah. time, just in time. And we were hoping, like, you know, this is going to be the first that maybe we could get, maybe, you know, we're thinking, could we get maybe a, a club competition going or something like that? Yeah. Just uh, like just a pattern staying or something like that. That's what we were looking at. Maybe we could do. And instead it's like, no, <laughs> you're back onto Zoom. Like, I'm conscious of it, like, you know, because obviously we missed the grade in the summer. Like, obviously, I'm definitely of this way of thinking that, like, you know, it's not all about the belts. It is about development and stuff like that. But for a kid, it is sort of about the belt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you think back to when you were that age, when I was that age, all you wanted was that next belt. So some of them now won't have graded in a year, or let's say one of them missed the Christmas grading for whatever reason. It's going to be a year and a half. So I want to try to do something for them just to keep their motivation let them be able to learn a new pattern, whatever it may be, um, just to keep them interested. So we'll have to come up with something on yeah. that front. That was even kind of thinking for us. Is like it's it wasn't from our point of view. It wasn't really about the belts and oh, we have to get this person to blue belt or this person. It was kind of just well, they've committed to training across the last couple of months, and it would be good to give them something to train for and to look forward to and kind of reward the fact that they have been turned up for training consistently. Like you said, they did miss a grade, and so it was a good opportunity to just to do something like, like as you said like a reward for the training even throughout the, the shy times really exactly <laughs> exactly but like even on our level obviously we can relate to what they're going through like because you're the same you haven't had any competitions this year yeah. i haven't had any fights like and it can nearly be tough to keep that level of training going and keep motivating yourself when there's there's no no real sort of that's our prize at the end getting a fight getting a competition that's your sort of you're focusing towards when you haven't got that it can like i'm keeping going but like you can hard them tough sessions can be hard to get up and get done like you know when you haven't got that thing driving you yeah. so there it's out yeah like you said the fact is like even for us like when you don't know when like there's been a long time where you don't know when you're going to get a fight when you don't know when you're going to get a competition it's like it's sometime in the future like if you if you knew right right well okay there's none this year but like next year this day there's one definitely there but like i at the stage like I said already I don't know if the RP champ so like are you training for that Euros are you training for like when do, like when do, when do you think you're training for next like do you actually know really well like Cage Warriors are doing another trilogy in December so like I'd hope to get on that I was hoping to get on the last one see I'm in a little bit of a sort of shit situation at the moment so I was set to make my pro debut last May I think it was then obviously it got cancelled with COVID so like I'm O and O as a pro like looking to make my debut the normal process, obviously, for anybody turning pro is, you know, get a few fights on smaller shows, local shows, and then push into the likes of Cage Warriors and all that type of thing. But because the smaller shows aren't happening, I'm not getting to get that one, two, three fights under my belt. So I'm sort of looking to go straight to Cage Warriors because that's all that's happening. But then they've got their signed lads. They've got their contracted lads who have to get their fights. They get first preference. So I'm sort of constantly, like, waiting for a... a a call or like you know a step in or whatever so it's a bit difficult in that front you know yeah. but actually a, a funny one was um the last trilogy there i was uh 
I was going to go over with Ian Gary, my teammate, like, you know, uh, he was fighting on it. But um, just with the Taekwondo club and stuff, with having to quarantine, I didn't go, like, because I was like, look, I have to sort of be here for that. So one of the lads in the club, Leon, went with him. And um, Leon ended up getting a fight at my way. Took it on three days' notice. And uh, it was against a one-on-one guy, I think. I had my eye on that fight. I was like, that'd be a nice one if somebody pulled out. So Leon was over there. He got to step in. He cut a serious amount of weight in three days. He didn't get the result, unfortunately, but he got the opportunity to step in. Like So I was happy for him, but I was fuming at the same time. I was like, if I had been there, I could have got it. But hopefully on the next one, I'll get something. Yeah. It was a tough fight. It was a tough fight. Like he gave, he gave it everything. Like for what was it? As you said, three days' notice. Yeah. Three days' notice, and I think he, he cut he seven or eight kilos. Yeah, big. And big, well, sorry, big. that it would have been three days' notice for the fight. He weighed in on the Friday. He got asked to do it the Wednesday afternoon or Wednesday evening. So he basically cut the weight in thirty six hours. Like you know, apparent like he, he struggled. I was chatting to him, but he Leon's a dog. Like he, he got it done. Like and he, he made the weight. And he went in there and he he fought to nail to the end. He but. Next time, maybe he'd be much more fortunate. Yeah. Hopefully, anyway. Was he was he planning on going pro? Was that was that part of his plan? Um, just the opportunity yeah, eventually, eventually, he 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 moved to our team there. I think December, January, um, from a different team out in Drada, and he's made serious improvements since. Like so, it, he was he's along like the same lines as like you know me, Ryan Taka, uh, probably Camille as well. Like you know, all ready to turn pro uh, very soon. Next fight, probably. Yeah. Are you going to go? Are you going to make sure you you go with Ian this time? For his I next think fight? so. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to because if the same thing happened again, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. So, um, yeah, I'll probably head over and just see what happens. See if there's anything going. Yeah. So is that is that like the main plan? Do you reckon like to to get in to get a fight in this year? Do you like do you reckon like that's yeah, the plan? That'd be ideal. Like, cause do you know what? Funny like. As far as things goes, like it's probably been my best year in terms of like training. Uh, obviously, with COVID and stuff, like there's been no like holidays. There's been like I wouldn't be a big drinker at the best of times anyway. I do focus on my training, but there's been like zero nights out and stuff like that. So I've been training flat out all year. I've made great improvements. Haven't really stopped. I'm very lucky with injuries. Hasn't really been any. Um, so like it would have been a great year to rack up a few fights and put all this to the test. But the way I'm looking at it is like it's all getting banked, like the improvements are being made. So when I get the opportunity, like hopefully they'll come out. Like, you know, that's that's the ultimate goal. Like the way I see it, like I know he just recently retired or whatever, but if you look at Khabib being here and I'm somewhere down here, I have to get if if my goal is to be UFC champion, I have to get there regardless of how many fights I have and I have improvements to make that have to be made in the gym, so I just have to get cracking on them. So that's why I'm looking at it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, there's like the, I think of maybe hours just need to be accumulated, and whether you're fighting that's or not, it. you still have to no. accumulate them. Yeah, and like the fights are obviously great as a little, they're great little measures along the way, and of course, obviously you need them to get your name out there and stuff. But the hard graft has to be done, and that takes place in the gym, so that's still being done. So once these fights come rolling around be ready to just push on straight through and yeah. the way up yeah so like that since last time you were on I think yeah last time you were on we did it the I suppose it's nearly two years actually but I think that was January and I think when the podcast came out I think you I think the podcast came out on the Monday and I think you had your first amateur fight on the Saturday before so I suppose no be, yeah, if so anyone heard what he was listening we, we recorded it in January I think wasn't it yeah, yeah. January and then um, yeah obviously with it came out then a little while after so 
had my first amateur fight and that I took that on five days notice um, or six days now, five or six, Chris texted me one night just being like, what are you doing next Saturday? I was actually had a Domino's ordered <laughs> and uh, he texted me being like, what are you doing next Saturday? And I was like, nothing really. I was like, why is it? Do you want to fight? And I was like, fucking right, I do, yeah. So uh, cancelled the Domino's order. And <laughs> I ended up, I didn't even have to cut weight in the end because we did 77 kilos same day. Um, so I didn't even have to cut. So um, did that. Got the win first round stoppage. Um, was that the head kick? Was that a head kick? What was that a head kick? No, oh, back, body, kick. back kick. Oh yeah, that was it. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, 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 yeah back kick. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. Um, and then it was like about a week later, he sent me on a video of uh, Marcus Lewis, and he was like, "Like, do you know this guy?" And I was like, "I don't know him, but I've heard of his. I think what, what might be his dad, Alfie Lewis, because Robbie Ha who." I trained kickboxing with for years. Robbie would have spoken about Alfie Lewis a lot, like from back in the day, saying he was a real high-level kickboxer or whatever. So um, I sort of put two and two together. I figured that it was his son, and I was like, looked at him, I was like, yeah, he looks pretty decent. Chris was like, do you want to fight him next week in uh, the Echo Arena in Liverpool? And a cage where he was undercard, and I was like, yeah, let's go. Um, Ian was making his pro debut. Ian took his pro debut on a week's notice as well, actually, against James Sheen. So me and Ian travelled over, cut weight and all. Uh, both of us had a fair bit to cut, got it down, and uh, went into that. A little bit of controversy in that one. Like, I won. There was something like he was um, calling time to, like, fix his cup, or I don't know what the problem was. I sort of followed in, like, not because we had just broken out from a clinch and I pressed forward and I was throwing shots. And, like, so when the referee sort of realized he was trying to call time, or I don't know what the problem was. Could have been winded, could have been a cup. I genuinely don't know. Um, so the ref called the fight and uh, he was a Liverpool lad in Liverpool. So the crowd wasn't too happy. There was a lot of booing and shit. So, uh, obviously, you know yourself, you, you want to win a fight on your terms and stuff. So at the time I was just a bit like, oh, this was a bit sort of, it was a little bit anticlimactic. So I was like, let's fight again just to sort of put it right. So me thinking maybe <clears throat> a month or six weeks down the line and they were like, what do you think? Uh, two weeks again in, in London, there was another cage wire show. And obviously just with everything going on, I said, yeah. And then the next day, like I was sore and everything after the fight, I was like, why did I say yes to this again, having to cut weight and stuff. So anyway, we did it again. He got the result the next time. Um, so that was three fights in four weeks. It was a bit mad. Um, and then I had a few months off just with finishing college and stuff like that. Um, had another fight in September, uh, one by head kick KO. Uh, that was good to get back on the horse. Then I had a title fight in the December um, over in Budo. Uh, that was a tough fight, five rounds, um, stopped them in the fifth. So, yeah, they they were on my amateur fights for 2019. Yeah. Quick, you know, flick. Yeah, that was like, that those, those three fights in, in two weeks or three weeks, it was, that, that was like, a, that's like a taekwondo set schedule there, that is. Yeah, like, that's it. It was just, mad, like, you know, just, just kept coming and, I, like, I never like to say no to a fight, like, you sort of have to take it. But um, I was sort of like, I had a good few pullouts as well throughout the year. So I had five fights in total. I should have had seven or eight, to be honest. Um, there was a Clam Wars in June that I was nearly on. <clears throat> and there was a pullout I was supposed to step in. And the guy I was supposed to step in with 
ended pull ended up pulling out the Cage Warriors card that was in Cork in the November. And myself and Ryan were trying to get a match for that. And we had matches and they fell through and we didn't end up getting on it. There might have been another one. So it definitely should have had seven fights. I got five. So we'll take that. Yeah. It's like, you got lucky, I suppose. Because like, like, I think that Cage, that cage oh. Warriors fight, was like, that was for a title, wasn't it? Um, Which one? The the cage the cage warriors amateur fights that you had like they were oh for, yeah yeah they, yeah you happened to get so them for that, you happened to get the fight it was like oh yeah there's a title on the line here as well <laughs> yeah so like that that worked out because uh, the guy I was fighting like Marcus he was supposed to be fighting another guy and I can't remember his name and he he had to pull out and that was like supposed to be for a title so of course Marcus still wanted to fight for a title because he was supposed to be doing it originally so I just got to sort of. While sitting there on my second fight, fight for a Cage Warriors belt, which is great. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Is Chris counting it as a Cage Warriors champion? Are, are, you, are you in the mix of how many Cage Warriors champions have been from the gym? No, we sort of only count the pros <laughs> in that one. Just fair enough. Like, you know, so hopefully I'll get that pro one down the line. Uh, still, he might throw it in though for the Flyers, like, you know, when you're advertising the club. Maybe, yeah, yeah, for the, the advertising point of view. <laughs> bump up the numbers. Then again, I get some stick off the lads saying that I only kept it for two weeks. Ah, uh, yeah, I suppose, yeah, a short title reign. He said it was the, the shortest title reign of all time. <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan actually roasted me one day when there was a bit of there was a bit of banter going on in the chat, and everyone obviously getting stuck into each other or whatever. And you know, the, I think it's a South Park meme where it's like, and it's gone. Yeah. So Ryan threw that in about my Cage Warriors belt, and it stuck for a while, <laughs> but it hasn't been brought up in a couple of months, so I'll uh, keep uh, that in the DL. <laughs> uh, uh, hopefully it will be heard here now, though. <laughs> <laughs> might bring yeah, it back. I'll just tell the lads nothing anyway. <laughs> uh, but wasn't the, was the last amateur fight you had one in Budo? That was a that was a five rounder, wasn't it? You ended up five a bit, rounder, a yeah. big guy. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, like a lot of the UK, some of the UK shows for uh, for titles, they do five trees. Some of them just do three trees. So uh, this one was was five, um, and in the first round. I had I had heard him. I dropped him with a punch actually, and I just too eager going in for the finish. I sort of went overkill on it, and it was just a bit mad. And as I was pressing forward, it, it, somebody actually caught the moment that happened. They got a screenshot. He like poked me in the eye and uh, fractured my orbital bone, so um, couldn't see out of it through the whole thing. Um, it was all closed up and so that's, I just kept having to engage in the grappling because I felt very vulnerable sort of when I was at distance like you know because when I was trying to open the eye I was seeing like double and triple but then um, when I closed it it was just it just didn't seem right so I was like right the closer I am to this guy the safer I am so it was good to have the grappling there to fall back on and be able to do that um, but then what happened after the fight like so I had a little bit of blood in my nose, like not a lot. Um, and I blew my nose and the eye just puffed out like a balloon. Um, again, the lads say they told me not to blow my nose. I don't think they did. Uh, I don't remember being told that, but it is what it is. Yeah. And was that, that, that was the fight where, uh, the, the, Chris, the, didn't Chris tell you that if you win this one or if you, if you, if you win this one, you're a pro? That's right. Going into the last round, um, he was like, big round here, get the win, you're going pro. And I was like, right, let's go. So got the stoppage then. He probably should have told me that in the third and I would have got the stoppage. <laughs> yeah. It was a good test yeah. as well, though, I suppose, like to, to test, test your grappling. 
especially like you being uh, like, like you offensively grappling grappling like because i like i know from watching like the the fight with, with marcus that it was there was some grappling but you were more so on the defensive side so like for you to be able to attack and, and test that side of the game was good was was a good opportunity as well definitely yeah and like you know even when i think back to to them fights in some of my first couple like in liverpool and uh like my grappling has come on so much since then like even on the defensive like i was uh marx's game plan in that in this in our second fight like you know he pressed me up against the fence for a lot of it and he, he outworked me there like but i'd be very comfortable now and like getting off the fence and stuff like that was also a little bit new to me like you know at the time and like just made big leaps and bounds there and then as you said for the offensive side of things i try my best to incorporate that in the gym like you know and constantly work on my weak areas but like you know yourself you're always sort of the striking is always going to be the my first go-to so it was great for to sort of be forced to try it in a competitive environment like you know because any other scenario i probably wouldn't do it i'll always in a fight i'll always stick with my striking but to be forced to do it was sort of good and then go well, look it's there like you know it's it's good to have it for if i do have to fall back on it like yeah and so like looking in a pro like how many fights do you think to maybe uh to maybe if you get into cage warriors like to a title to the ufc like have you a plan in your i suppose you just in your head obviously things could come up to like, yeah in an ideal like, world like honest, what's your plan it's it's very hard I, I haven't got a set number of fights in my head to be honest like because Let's say when you look at Mason Jones there recently, 10 and 0, double champion, and now he's gone. Um, you've like Reese McKee was 9 2 and 1 or 10 2 and 1. Do you know? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think he was nine. I think he was nine. Is what's jumping the Nine, two, and one. So there's like 10 fights for Mason, 13, uh, sorry, 12 fights for Reese. Ian now is 4 and 0, and like he's gonna, I'd say he's gonna get there. like before they did like you know in terms of fights so it sort of doesn't it depend on how well you're doing like in your performances so what i'm sort of going to just try keep my head is not a number in terms of when i'm getting there just putting in serious performances in each of my fights and then it'll come and then also like whenever chris thinks i'm ready like you know i've heard of lads um jack shaw and stuff like you know they, they've they've turned down the ufc like twice i think he turned them down um his dad is his coach and whatever he was, let's say, for example, 7-0, and and the UFC came calling, they said no, they didn't think he was ready, which I think is, it's, it's that's class, like, you know, because they're sort of looking at the, his overall skill set, not just the number on a sheet of paper. Um, so I'd like to take that approach as well, that whenever Chris thinks I'm ready, whenever I feel I'm ready, please God, everything going according to plan, that would be the time to go. Yeah. That's what, it's, it's good that, even though he said no the UFC he still came back and asked him to you know like the fact yeah that's that, it like, go, you know like, fuck um, you but. yeah like uh, do you know Bisping actually uh, compared him to GSP in his last fight did you hear that and yeah. one or two other people yeah. just starting to make them comparisons he's fairly dominant like um, so it'll be interesting to see how he goes but uh, a lot of the Cage Warriors lads like they seem to be I think in and around that 10 fight mark maybe 8 to 10 that seems to be seems to be where they are like joy herbert was eight and one nine and one something like that yeah um yeah most of them seem to be around there paul hughes six and oh at the moment seven and oh he's probably gonna go on his next fight or two maybe yeah he was he was class in his last fight very good yeah. performance 
Um, it's good it, to see them lads like you know performing well on the cage wire scene and then look at how they do then in the UFC and like that sort of from even talking to the likes of Ryan Taka, Leon, like all of us that are sort of making moves there, like it's great to sort of, um, when we see that, it gives us confidence to go like, if you can perform well on the cage warrior scene, it's proven to be a good platform then going forward to the UFC. So like, you're not sort of going like, Jesus, like how am I good enough? It's sort of proven that it is a good platform. So hopefully it works out there. Yeah. I suppose that is like the benefit that cage warriors do kind of work so closely with UFC. Like it's it's it could potentially maybe be harder, you know, if you're jumping around getting a fight on this promotion, fighting that promotion, maybe then like your record is kind of well kind of speaks much more that you kinda of want to see undefeated. But like, you know, if you like you said, if you have ten fights or eleven fights, like you're nine and two, it's like you okay, you have two losses, but like you're guaranteed that in cage warriors you're getting tough like they're tough fights, like like it's a good proven ground, like and that if you can hang like at the, at the top level in cage warriors, like you'll do all right starting off in the UFC. You know, it's um, yeah. it's uh, it's it's a good way to it's a good promotion to have like them working so close, and that you can just get in and get tough fights. And if you if you can get the, the, some wins there, some good wins, you will get to the UFC. Definitely, yeah, that's the one. Um, like most of the most young lads in cross Ireland in the UK like are obviously looking to to make that route like to prove them route. what are they, I think at the moment are they at 98 98 yeah. people signed or 99 or something like that so uh, that's good enough for me <laughs> yeah and I, I think as well even the way the UFC are going at the moment like with Fight Island is it's a good opportunity because like obviously like like what happened with uh, with Reese McKee like just to get a last minute call or that's it you know like that, that it's kind of working out like that when they're that when the UFC are looking for fighters, they're looking into the pool who can they pull up from Cage Warriors on short notice, which it, it's handy there as well. Like if you're in and around that and have a, a I've had some tough fights there. Hundred percent, yeah. Like you know, uh, the European scene as well. Like you know, there seems to be there's obviously more fights happening around like the UFC in the UFC, like in Europe. Like you know, so obviously there it's handier for them to pull the talent from Europe like you know for uh, for them fights I'd imagine from cost point of view and stuff having to fly people in um, so yeah that's handy as well like you know from a development point of view yeah as far as I know that's why they're there is to get the international fighters in to get the European fighters as well because they can't get them to America and I think it's harder for them to get American fighters over on short notice so yeah, I think no actually. I think I think it's I could be wrong but I think it's harder for them to get American fighters over so that's why you know, like that. I think a lot of people coming from Europe, they're pulling on. You said the European scene, cage warriors, fighters, and that to to go over to there. It's a great time, yeah, yeah. That's even like you know James from our gym as well, James Webb. I think he's eight two and one or nine two and one at the moment as well. So like, that's even our, me and mine were only chatting the other day like that. If they do fight Ireland again, like James could probably be even a potential there to get called up, like you know, because he's a. Uh, good contender in the middleweight division like you know I'd say if he maybe got another win under his belt he could definitely be a prospect to get pulled you know yeah definitely has definitely mm-hmm. has definitely shown he's good enough to be there I, I think in some of his cage riders fights but just a, I suppose maybe picked up a loss at the wrong time just at the, just at the wrong time but yeah that but, can but, do yeah yeah but like that like there is other guys I, I suppose been like that like Paddy Pimblett's been a bit like that as well maybe just that one loss mm. at, the, at the wrong time but you think that you think that it'll come as was that they'll, they'll guys like that will get the call definitely like you know it's 
like obviously one loss isn't going to define your career. Obviously, it might just set you back a little bit further. But like I'd say, once the drive is still there, the determination to work hard and stuff, like get a few more wins under the belt, and I'd say like them type of lads that look back on that loss as nearly a good learning curve or whatever to that sort of drives them to push forward. Yeah. And so yeah. I think as well, like just like since last time you were on was you were just finishing college. So you've since finished college. Is there plans to maybe use the degree for, for, for work renting or are you focused on Not yet. A, a, a pro career? Still focusing on just training full time and stuff like, like you know, with uh, myself and Ryan run the Taekwondo club and then we've training like, you know, so it's just, that's really good for, it's it's handy having the club there that it's very easy to work around training like you know we're both there all of the time but if there was a scenario where like you know one of us couldn't make it the other one can just cover like you know so therefore we're able to dedicate a lot of our time to training which is great like you know uh, to make them improvements that we need and stuff so basically since i finished college when june 2019 so like a year and a half ago nearly like i've been just full-time training like two three times a day nearly every day like you know um obviously trying to factor in rest um it's 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 great like you know i love it but if we just get the fights now then we'd be made up yeah and are you still are you still still training with luke training with luke woods for the strength and conditions uh, not things, really or? actually um because luke is looking to open up his own gym so we had a chat like up until a couple of months ago, we were, and then obviously with Cole, so Jim on Swords Main Street is delaying it a bit, but like he's been flat out busy with that and stuff. Um, so Reece, he recommended doing a little bit with Paul King because uh, Paul's sort of going into that sort of strength. Um, I think he left his job or something like that, or he, he moved on from that. Um, and he's sort of using the facility in Ashford and go out there sometimes and he, he does our strength and conditioning with us there so uh, that's been going really well looking to keep pushing forward in that yeah Paul's definitely definitely a knowledgeable, knowledgeable guy and um, so, uh, I like that like I said for somebody who doesn't even like really work or like his job isn't something completely different it's like to have as, as much knowledge as he does and, and training and stuff like that it's kind of class yeah and then as always me and Ryan are up when I'd always be looking, if I'm helping, looking for somebody to sort of help me out in that area of strength and condition or whatever, you want to, I think anyway, trying to get somebody who has a good knowledge of the sport is good. Like, you know, so somebody who has a bit of combat experience and knows the sport, like, because they sort of know what's involved, obviously the energy systems, all that, that sort of le- having to learn what the sport is about and the demands of the sport. So it's great to have that, like that, you know, you don't have to really explain things to people, you know? Yeah. Do you think it's a benefit yourself though, like the factory is in sports science? So you have some, you have some base knowledge that you're bringing to the table as well. Definitely. Yeah. It gives like, I, I don't use it as like the, to give myself an opinion really. The, the main reason why, like I started working with Luke originally and now like I'm working with, we're working with Paul and stuff. Like I find like I can, I think we might've spoken about this before. Um, I, I can program, let's say, for other people or if somebody asks me, like, you know, oh, what should I do here? I can give a bit of advice. But I just can't do it for myself. I second guess everything. Like, you know, you might be the same. Like, for when you're doing it for yourself, like, I just, I want to, I'm not happy with anything. Like, I'm like, oh, I should be maybe doing a bit of this, bit of that. No, I need this. So, like, 
I just wanted to like delegate that to somebody else and say, just tell me what to do. Like if you tell me to stand in my head for 10 minutes a day, I'll do it. Just tell me what to do. So it sort of takes that thought process away from me. And I re- I, I love going to a session and being told what to do and not me. Ha- so let's say if me and Ryan were doing our strength and conditioning sessions before when we weren't working with anyone, I'd go in and say, we'll do this. And then I go, actually, hang on, maybe we should add in some of this. But when I just get to come in, and somebody says, this is what you're doing today, bang. The way it is in, in swords, like with Chris, I don't get an opinion on what we're doing in the session. Chris comes in and says, we're doing this. And that's the way it is. And I just have to focus on working hard. So that's what I want in my strength and conditioning area, which is, I, I really like that. Like, you know, my job, just work hard. It's handy. Yeah, yeah I definitely yeah. like even the same, like with me and Jess do the, do some strength and conditioning sessions. It's like, it's much easier, I find, uh-huh. nearly for me to come in and go, right, like, right, that, right. That's what you are doing right and like i'll answer any questions or help any technique issues or anything like that but then like myself is like i'll have it written down but like you said you know, i'm kind of doubting like, like is it, uh, should i do that there should I, like you just start to, yeah, you, you just start second guessing just because it's for yourself start second guessing yeah. it because like because you have the knowledge in your head so it could be something for me like for you it was something as simple as let's say squatting form let's say i'd be like right i'm gonna adopt this type of a squat because i want to develop that and it's like but then maybe I need to work on this because you're always going to, for me anyway, I'm always like, near, not doubt myself, but like you feel like you have to work on anything. It's probably a good trait to have because of obviously wanting to improve every area. But I'm like, so let's say I'm like, I'll adopt a powerlifting style of squat because I need to work on this. And it's like, no, but then I should be doing this because I need to work on that. But then I need to work on this and I need to, I need to work on everything in my head. Like whereas somebody else might come along and go, no, you're, you're grand with that. Don't worry about that. You need to work on this. But in my head, I have to work on everything. So like, that's just for me. That's where it messes me up. So having somebody else telling me, it's fucking works out great. Yeah, yeah I'd be the same like that. I think you're kind of thinking, but like you start off in your head, like you said, you maybe want to be, well, I'm going to focus more at the moment than maybe on like, a, like you said, a squat or maybe I'm going to focus more on the hip hinge or a, like a vertical yeah. pull or something. And then you're kind of like, well, wait, I didn't do any of this type of movement. And I was like, well, geez, I have to do some of that. And I was like, or do I? Or, you know, sometimes you might need somebody just to tell you like... Before like, you I, know, I your said, two and a half hours long. Like. Yeah, that's it. Like, and, and you're kind of switching it around and like, sometimes I have to just reset myself. Like, no, like st- stick to the plan. Or like sometimes, like I think, like you said, you have the benefit there of somebody to go, no, no, don't worry about that we'll get that in at another point over here. You know, like, like just don't worry about that. We're focusing on this for the moment. Just do this. Um, it can be a benefit, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. but I suppose, uh, it's, do you find anything like that when it comes in terms of like n- nutrition and, and cutting weight? Like, do you think you'd ever work with somebody or do you think you have that kind of stuff nailed down? I, I, I do feel pretty confident in that area, but again, sometimes I second guess things. So, I was thinking about for my next one of maybe working with somebody and I don't know, like getting to give me like sort of, sort of like a a plan for fight week or something like that. But then at the same time, one thing I I do often think about weight cutting and a big part of it is specific, obviously person to person. And like, there's nothing like knowing your own body. Like there's no sort of, uh, qualification you can do on weight cutting really like you know you need a good knowledge of physiology nutrition and then it's about applying that knowledge to cutting weight like you know a lot of it is trial and error experience like you know some of the best nutritionists and physiologists in the world if they're working in a different field like they probably wouldn't be good at helping you cut weight 
because they've never done it before or they don't know sort of, you know, the ins and outs of doing it. So um, I could, I don't know if there's, there's, there are certain people around I know who maybe specialize in it. I could talk to a few of them, but generally I feel like I have that side of things nailed down and I have all stuff written down that has worked for me in the past that hasn't worked for me um, and I'm a good system now. So I might just stick to myself on that. Yeah. You never know, like you've, you've been published uh, in terms of way cutting. Like, so people might be coming to you soon. That's true, yeah. Uh, got the thesis published. That was actually deadly. Um, John Connor, he's uh, he was doing his PhD. He's still doing it actually because of COVID. It delayed delayed things for him. Uh, so basically, he's doing like a series of um, like different protocols for bat for using hot bats as a method of cutting weight. So the one we focused specifically on was like salt versus no salt. And then I think he did one comparing different temperatures, maybe. And then actually he was doing another one comparing the different types of salt. So like Epsom salt and magnesium, maybe, I don't know, different things he was putting into the bats to compare to the, the weight loss. Um, so that was actually pretty interesting um, yeah. to look at it in the results. And was there much difference from your, like the one you were folks with, was there any difference between salt and no salt? Overall, we didn't really see much of a result. Um and even I noticed that before when I was cutting weight, like um, sometimes just on stuff I had read before and stuff I'd heard, like I just I was like, have to have salt, have to have salt. So I'd nearly be sprinting up to the shop to get salt. But now, like if I was cutting, if, if there was if I had salt in the house, like if I had it in a bucket there, I, I'd throw it into the bath. It's not going to do any harm. But if I didn't have it, I'd just go without it, like just get the temperature up and about 41, 42 degrees and just cook in it. Like, yeah. Because you kind of think that like with like the Epsom salts, you think like there's this, there's some magical thing, like you put them in the bath and it just sucks the weight out of you, like, but it's not really this. Well, like just, I I wouldn't think it's doing a whole lot, like it's just, it's the hot water that's, you're making like, at the end of the day, you're looking to sweat. So like, and the salt isn't going to do massive amounts to that, it's supposed to to the temperature of of the water. A big thing uh, that we sort of picked up on when we were doing it and stuff, so we had this worked out. I can't remember the exact numbers, but like if you look at the total volume of a bath can probably hold, I don't know how many liters of water, but fair amount, like, you know, so if you put a kilo or two kilos of salt in, was that what you put in? Most people, that's what I do. Kilo or two kilos of Epsom salts. When you look at that as a percentage of like, so what percentage of that water is of salt water? It's very, very little. Whereas there wasn't many studies done in the area, but in it, like sort of in the lit review and stuff for my thesis, there was studies done on like uh, divers and stuff like that, looking at uh, dehydration and stuff when they were uh, diving in different salt concentrations and stuff. And a lot of them were being done in like 15%, let's say NaCl, so sodium chloride. But like we're probably, if we put a kilo or two of Epsom salts into a bath, you're probably talking one or two percent if even so maybe in order to hit that 15 percent you'd have to put buckets load of bucket loads of epsom salts in do you get me yeah 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 that makes sense as well no i really want to try that uh the sweet sweat stuff that i spoke to you about before yeah it's very it's 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 very good like it makes a big it makes a big difference especially like I suppose, do you know, like when you're on that, like I suppose, if you're in the sauna 
and you're in that first the first stint you're in there and you want to get like it's usually going to be the longest one you can you can do yeah. like if it's taking you 20 minutes to start sweating just to start exactly. sweating, like that's 20 minutes that you've kind of taken away like like whereas this might reduce it down to 10 minutes so it's like at least that's 10 minutes extra in your first stint that you can bear where you're sweating and actually when you look at the ingredients i don't know if it's anything like that impressive like it might just like when you read it it sounds like it's just like vaseline pretty much um with a, with a certain smell a couple of other bits added in and i don't know if it's like it blocks your pores or whatever when you put it on so that then you just sweat more like so you have to sweat harder to push it out so you sweat more and quicker um but like that it, it definitely it definitely works like i definitely found that sweat way quicker with it on and like that, i've seen george lockhart with some of his guys and the, the guys he's had that they'll go into the bath he'll take them out of the bath put the sweet sweat on and then wrap them so like he'd obviously he's obviously has a lot more knowledge than i would and he uses it with his guys so yeah. like even i think they use it like with like you see it with it was a cody garbrandt against dillashaw was it garbrandt i think it was cody garbrandt or maybe it was dillashaw it was one of the guys for that, that fight he was working with them and that's what they were doing into the bat out sweet sweat on and then wrap very good yeah no i would like to try because i've i've never given it a go like but um again when i'm always whenever i'm doing sort of stuff like this or if i'm looking for little methods I'm always looking for stuff that, like, you know, there can definitely be no negative effect to, like, you know, like, so for example, if you if you try a different, maybe a different diet or even a different method of water loading, like that can backfire on you. Like, you know, if if maybe if you, let's say water loading, if you leave it too close to the weight, the weigh in, if you, I don't know, if you, if you mess up the diet, try new foods, whatever, that can actually go against you. Putting sweet sweat on, like, it's not going to, add weight or like it, it can't go bad for you it can just not work so there's yeah. no harm in that so yeah. that's why i've no problem trying that type of stuff yeah that was kind of my feeling with it as well was what's the worst that can happen um yeah so not like but like that even it because i find when you'd let like layer up like when you put on the like because i tend to cut a bit like using the roar so like you know you put on your the plastics mm. so i throw a bit on and uh just layer up then even with the with with the sauna suit and a bit of run, like you're sweating in no time. Like it's got like I I have a a pair of grey uh, sweatpants, and like it's coming out through them, like and everything. Like that's how much you sweat. Like I just find, like it takes off so much. Like and it, because like you're not even having to, like it's not intense exercise. Like you know, it's just yeah. you know if it's on the roar, it's just a steady pace. Like you're not even that tired after. Um, when we were in Bosnia last time, I was walking on the treadmill. Like it was a fast pace walk, pretty much. And again, like yeah. you, you, it just gets you sweating. And he said, "Yeah, don't." But no that's what it's fits. all about. It's all about getting that bang for your buck when you're weight cutting, like you know, because yeah. like it's a shit time. Like nobody likes doing it. It's it's grueling. But like, so if you can make that sort of as short as possible and get the most out of it while you're doing it, that's what it's all about. So like that, if if the best thing you got out of it was you had to spend ten minutes less on the rower or ten minutes less, then it's a win you know yeah it's and, ten, and ten, 10 minutes doesn't seem like like you're saving a lot of time until you're actually having to sit it's like like until you're actually in it like 10 minutes yeah. is a long time that you're saving yourself it's nasty yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Do you, you, you tend to use the bats more so than a than sauna don't you yeah I prefer the bats like in the sauna i just get that mad sort of pounding headache Um, like the bats and you know what? i love doing it sort of just in the comfort of my own home 
Um, like, you know, like me and Ryan have a great system where like we basically shut off the upstairs and we're actually, we're lucky. The bathroom is right next to our room. So like we just corner that part off. Just tell me, man, stay downstairs. There's way cutting up here that you don't want to see. Uh, we're getting it done up here. And like we sort of just, we time it. Let's say if we're weighing in on a Friday morning, we don't really start at, let's say we could even start at 10 o'clock on a Thursday night, leave it as late as possible. And just go bat, bed, bat, bed, bat, bed. And just keep going as many times as we have to. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's sort of grand. Like, and, you know, obviously, you know your house. Like, you know, the, you can get all your blankets and towels or whatever you need and make sure the rads are on. Whereas, you know, obviously, if you're away, it's a different story. Like, you know, hotels, you'll have to adapt there. Just make sure you have all your prep work done. But um, I just I like it that way. Like, and But even if you are in a hotel, like, you know, if you're down the sauna, there could be 10 other lads coming in and out of the sauna constantly. Whereas if you're in your hotel room, it's you and whoever maybe you're cutting weight with is there. You can just set yourselves up, put on a bit of music. It can only be quite enjoyable, actually. <laughs> a little yeah. bit of therapy, like, you know, just have the chats, the music playing, and it's great, like, you know. But um, that's just my preference. I know some lads, some lads in the gym prefer the saunas. They hate the bats. Yeah. I've done the bat once. I I might tr- I could potentially try it again. It um, I just felt I I, th- I think like that I was at home and I didn't have a way of checking the temperature of the water or anything like that at at that time. So I think like I don't think it was I don't think the water was hot enough. So I think you know then I was having to spend longer in there and stuff like that. So I th- you know I think with a few adju- I think with, I think with a few adjustments I could I could um I could find the bat all right actually. It was just at the time it wasn't the wasn't the best. We've a little thermometer like you, you get got it in boots for 15 quid or something like that it's a little baby thermometer it floats in the bath and it gives a digital reading like it's it's very accurate and it's dead handy um so like that it's sort of good then because there's no there's no faking it like you know so Brian's in there and he's saying oh like you know that's a bit hot i'm like it's not you're only at 38 or whatever like you know so i can turn it up on him or like that you know let's say if you're just feeling over confident or over motivated let's say you lash up the hot you think oh, i'll be fine you get in and it's at 44 45 or whatever so it's good to have that gauge and then going from weight cut to weight cut you know like once that let's say 41 42 i think that's normally what we do you know it's at that you know you should be able to do it so even no matter how hard it gets you're sort of looking at going well it's at what i always do whereas what you're saying there i had it a few times when you're just guessing it's very easy then let's say you're struggling and you're just able to go oh no that that's i'm after making that too hot but like when you have the thermometer there it keeps you accountable because you're like no it's not too hot you're just being a bitch <laughs> yeah that was it when I, like, because it's not the most comfortable I don't think when you get in first you know there is that thing it's like it's not it's oh, not a, yeah. it's not a relaxed like you're in the spa kind of battle like you know it's not one of them and which like I think when you're not measuring it's very easy to go oh no no let's do it like you know but when you have it measured and you kind of see yeah. the temperature when you, you have it stay. measured there's, yeah. there's no messing but you know what it, like it's ruined bats for me like I haven't had like a leisure bath or a recreational bath in years because of it. Like, you know, I can't get into the bath and enjoy it anymore. Just PTSD. PTSD. Yeah, that's it. And I'll be like that forever. Because like, even when I I did try, like, you know, let's say if I had an injury or whatever, and I was like, I'll have a hot bath or whatever. And I wanted to get the temperature out, like get the thermometer out to see what temperature it was. And I was like, 
just enjoy the bat, like, but I couldn't, <laughs> like, I needed to see what it was. So now I'm just, I've just accepted the fact that I'm done with bats. Yeah. We nearly had that now. We were in Germany and we were after cutting weight, but then because we, we fought on the Friday and they, oh. us, yeah, the Friday and the semi-finals and finals were on the Saturday. So, you know, mm. you were there and, uh, like it was, it was Paul said to us that he was like yeah like you know just maybe just a bit of recovery like get into the sauna and we were all like, kind of a bit like oh I don't know but actually we got it we we got the bottle of water we went in with a bottle of water each and it was actually it wasn't it was it was nice because you, you know you get a bit thirsty you take a drink of water and it's like yeah you take a drink yeah stayed in it for 40 minutes like no problem but like do you know then when you're cutting weight and you're like like the 20 minutes like 10 minutes even was a lot like I remember the last time I was even cutting I was staying in for like it was five minutes get out for a minute or two to recover back yeah, I was in five minutes lots like because it's just mad it's it? just so tough like but like that once you, once you have your water and you're it's easy you could just sit there no problem it's like you said it's relaxing that's um, yeah yeah that's definitely a big help I think the fact though as well that you you and you have Ryan there and Ryan has you that you can do it together because there's been a couple of times where I've, had to, where I've had to cut weight myself so I've been in the sauna by myself and it's 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 hard when you just don't have that person keeping you accountable and it's just it's just yeah, a, it's a you slog need somebody you need somebody like because like that you know especially near the end when stuff get, starts getting hard and it's like oh i think i'll just get out now and you need somebody saying no like you're not getting out simple as that like i'll hold you down on that bat if i have yeah. to like you know and you you do need that like you know and it's good to have somebody there just checking you even doing the time for you so you don't have to look at the time so you can just sit there and just focus on nothing really just lie there and somebody else is looking at the clock saying right two three more minutes helping you get dry as you get out of the bath helping you get the towel set up wrapping you up it's it's a huge part of it yeah there's even that one um in bosnia where we had like that was a that was the the biggest cut i've had and like you're wanting to use like the excuse of I, I, I'll check now I'll check now you know and you, you yeah, want to try I'll check now and yeah that's great you, you know I, I'll just have a check and like you're kind of knowing you're not on weight you just want the break of dry off okay. and just like but and it was Paul kind of kept saying to me I was like no nah, like I was like alright I'll do I'll do this I'll do this 10 minutes or 5 minutes and, and I'll check then and then I get out and Paul will be like no nah, no nah, we'll, we'll just do just do one more and then uh, like, we'll do one more stint in there and then I was like oh, right and you go in and See, you come out and it's like okay I'll check now and then he's like no no we'll do one more and and I was even at the time I was like I was saying to him I was like I know what you're fucking doing like you're going to just keep <laughs> saying what you're just going to keep saying one more and we'll be here for I'll have ten more done and yeah, but but like I needed that as well like what's the but goal? like the truth is obviously when you're in there your mind are playing your mind's playing funny games on you but when you think about it now like you're doing yourself a disservice by drying off and checking it because you're only going to have to go back in and get to sweat again you're best off once you've gotten your sweat you're best off staying in it now i know try telling yourself that when you're a kilo off weight is a different story but like if you can just plow through that's the best thing so as we just said having someone there to keep that sense going into you and just saying now look stay where you are get it done it's hugely helpful yeah yeah yeah. I suppose even like the, I think just to say that like, I know we're talking about cutting weight and that there and like, but that's kind of done where it's done right. Like you have a lot of research done and worked with people. Like I've done a good lot of research and we have conversations and that all the time. Like it's not to nearly like, I don't think we're necessarily going to glorify weight cutting or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? And that oh, like cut weight, like no, there no. is a there is an element to like, that is the last part. Like the di- like the diet is the most important on getting you close to weight and then it's just the last bit really like because i do think sometimes that 
and I think it even happens in MMA just but everybody is nearly sometimes people think it's a competition and how much weight you can cut when it's it's not like it's how much can you do without it affecting your performance that's it and then like sometimes like this uh, I just it's great then when, when when somebody like it's so rare obviously that people do it so when you get somebody else that's sort of doing it it's good to have a bit of banter about it but like that it is important to realize that it should be done properly in moderation and you know not not too seriously like i suppose just to throw out numbers like i probably only in the bats in my last one probably caught three three and a half three maybe um but like that i do as much as i can through diet i i i sort of find myself as a bit bit of a weird one in that like i'm always quite lean sort of year round so like most of my cut will come from sort of dehydration and stuff because I don't get up. So in a way, that's probably, it's nearly better as well for, for people to think, don't balloon up in terms of fat and then have to diet down because then all your camp is based around weight loss. So be lean as much as you can, where you can be. And then if you do have to do a little bit of dehydration, it's not that bad, as you said, once it's done in moderation. Like, you know, some people are out in the piss every weekend eating chippers and Chinese. Like, you know, that's worse, I think, to yeah. two, three times a year. You have to dehydrate a little bit in a bath for a couple of hours and then you refuel, rehydrate and go perform. Yeah. So that's the way I sort of weigh it up. Yeah, like the, the, yeah everybody's like, they see it like to dehydrate and go, oh, that must be very bad for your health. Because that can't be good for you. And it's like, well, you're out, like you said, you're not drinking 20 points across it's the weekend it, yeah. and, and the food that comes with it. And you're doing that every week. It's like, I'm sure like I'm probably healthier than you are across like just life in general, you know? 100%. Because that's when, when you look at it, it's done for most people two or three times a year, maybe big ones or whatever. Mm. Um, so yeah, once it's obviously done and for anybody, like I'd say, if you, if you don't know what you're doing or you're thinking, uh, should you mess around with this type of stuff talk to somebody like you know if you're listening to this podcast drop me or you a message if you're if you know a sports scientist or your coach just talk to people that I, I would never say wing it never wing it like you know because it's probably gonna go yeah. bad for you like yeah and see that but that's the thing like i even find you know like at the squad like it just comes to the taekwondo point of view and it might even be happen the same just in like the, the gym like yourself the you can turn up to a squad session and somebody might see that, you know, I don't know, you could be five, six, seven kilos over and like, you know, I might seem relaxed and go, I, oh, yeah, right, that's grand. But that's because like I have a plan in place or like I have a plan that I know, right, okay, it's obviously it's not ideal, but like it's not the end of the world. Like there's a plan that come a couple of months down the line that I'll be at a certain weight and I'll only be cutting this much. But somebody might only see that and go, oh, dude, that fella's like seven kilos over. Like, geez, and he's not panicking. And, and then at the, he only cuts a bit at the end. So I'll do a bit of that. And say, well, do you have a pl- do you have the plan? Like, do you know, like, you don't know anything further than you saw he's going to weigh this on, at here and weigh on weight there. And then you have the other thing where it's like, because they only ever see you in the sauna. They don't know, like, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm sure he was seven kilos over at that point. And then, and sure, he just got in the sauna and lost the rest. You know, that, that's all they see. So like, sure, I'll do that. It's like, well, no, there's actually a load more other stuff around the process of it. Like, you know, it's like, there was a plan with, it, with with diet. There was a plan even the week before, like you said, with water load, carbs, salt. Like, there was all a plan that went with that. It wasn't that just you turned up and went, I'm going to sit in a sauna and Put I'm going to expect kilos, it. Yeah. yeah, like that wasn't, you know, that has never been the thing. Like, there's a plan that people don't see behind it. So I think like that, you do need to not just try and pick pieces from, uh, I heard so and so did this, and I heard so and so did that. It's like, well, you know, what was the context of that as well? 
That's a great point. Great point, actually. Yeah, because I've often thought that, like, and I've nearly made a mistake a few times myself. You hear of somebody cutting X amount and you're like, oh, sure, if they can do it, I can do it. But like that, once you look into it a little bit more and you realize they're not cutting maybe what you think they are in the sauna and, as you said, priming the body to get ready for that and the, the stages associated with it, it's very important to look into that too. Yeah. Because like for me, in terms of like the sauna, usually, you know, the last one was a little bit, was, was different, but usually like I'm only cutting two kilos. Like I'm in like for 57, I'm into 59s usually. Like and yeah. sometimes the 58s, like you like usually probably no more than two kilos. Now the last time, like I said, was a little bit different, which I knew it was going to be. Um, but before that, like it's not a lot, like it's, it's maybe one or two percent. Actually, you know, like it's of what I have left to go, you know, it's not a massive percentage of that I'm over by the time I'm getting into the sauna it's only a small per- like when you get down to percentages like that it's only a small bit that's left to go because like that there's been a there's been stuff that I've done beforehand to, to get to that point but even as well from a from an overall percentages point of view like if you look at let's say if you hear of a, a middleweight in MMA cutting seven eight kilos like for them that's only 10% of their body weight like, you know, maybe not even. So if you're a 57 kilo fighter and you hear of some middle or light heavyweight cutting seven or eight kilos and you think, oh, well, I'll do that. It's a completely different ball game from, yeah. a, as you said, from a percentages point of view. So it's it's going to be way harder for the smaller guy to get yeah. that weight off as than it is for the bigger guy. Yeah. So that's a factor that needs to be yeah. considered too. And like you said, like, guys, like, like, like how lean you are, because the leaner you are the more what like the more muscle you have the more water you're going to hold the more you can actually sweat and dehydrate there's more muscle there like when you that's why like when you look at guys like Usman or someone like that like who's so lean like the, he he has he has a lot of water there that he can dehydrate that you know if you like somebody who might be smaller and nowhere near the the body type at that weight as somebody who's heavier and leaner it's like it's apples and oranges you're comparing there all you're comparing is a number on this a number that they, like like you said a number in kilos that they cut and you're trying to put them together it's like it doesn't work you know it's two different yeah, situations completely different yeah, yeah. madness yeah it's yeah. a funny part of the game <laughs> yeah it's it is like isn't it yeah just uh, but but it's like it's it's I sometimes there's more made out about i think than it needs to be like if it just if everybody does it right like it looks after that it's it's not the biggest in the world like it's it's when it's as well as mismanaged really Definitely, definitely. They're the horror stories. Then you hear of like, yeah. So like, so what did you make of the fights last week? Ah, unbelievable, unbelievable. Um, Khabib is he's the man, isn't he? It's unreal. Uh, yeah, it was serious. To be honest, like I, I had predicted that Khabib would win. I thought it was going to be a decision. Same. I thought, it, I thought it was going to be. Wait, did it? Yeah, I think I said decision. Five round decision. Talk Gaethje was going to, you know, scramble out of positions and it was going to be a bit of a war on the feet and Khabib might edge the rounds with some takedowns and stuff. But, um, Jesus, he just went and blew it out of the water. Like, just like, I, I just was not expecting him to be like that. Like, especially because at the start, he, he took some shots at the start and then it kind of looked like that was going to maybe back him up and, and gain some respect for, from Gaethje and then like you know maybe the leg kicks could start working and he'd be slow and he'd be shooting from further out and all this sort of stuff and he kind of took a few shots and went 
yeah, yeah I can take that and just got, like up the pressure just went yeah that's grand if, that, if, if that's what you have here I'm coming for you like wasn't it it was that kind of thing like just bang is that it Gaethje's Jiu Jitsu obviously got shown up a little bit a little bit questionable like sort of uh, I not like to, for Khabib to transition that seamlessly into that submission was um, obviously I'm not like Gaethje's wrestling is unbelievable but I think it's sort of clear that he neglected Jiu Jitsu a little bit there I'd say yeah like the I'd, I'd say maybe like defensive wrestling or defensive positions maybe isn't something he maybe has focused on like i'd say like if he was to go for the takedown and, and was in the top position and like ground and pound and that sort of stuff like that would be okay i'd say he's that side of his game would be good and um, but like you said yeah defensive also the, the pure thing i'd say he just never expected it either and like the way he just does it with everybody where he just takes them down and he gets the lock on the legs like it's like a figure four kind of lock they call it or he just locks into like you th- and everybody knows he's going to do it but he still gets to do it like you know and like nobody yet has went when he comes to the takedown make sure he doesn't get your legs wrapped together know. you know like obviously they have thought of that like because you go but he just still gets he just still manages to do it and then just ah, into, like, yeah it was a unbelievable performance like i thought he was going to be a I thought it was going to be a grind. I thought, you know, Gaethje, oh, yeah. I thought Gaethje might have a bit of success early, but in the end, Khabib will grind it out and get the decision. Um, it was completely wrong. <laughs> you think they'll fight again? Uh, if you asked me last week, I would have said no way. Like, he just he just seems like that type of guy that, you know, when he says, I'm not going to fight again, I'm not going to fight again. Like, when he says he's not going to give McGregor another fight, like, I 100% believe him there. Like, he's just not going to fight him. Yeah. Like, he'd rather... Definitely. He'd rather, if he if he was still fighting and wasn't retired, and the UFC came and said, "No, your next fight is to fight McGregor." I think he'd nearly got, "No, take your belt. I'm not going fighting him. I'm going just give me fights away from the belt." Like that seems like he just he seems like stubborn like that. Like, and I think that's maybe why he won't come back is because he's he could be a bit stubborn like that. But then, you know, then what was saying like, oh, he thinks he might go to thirty and all, and so maybe he will. I'm, I'm not too sure now. I think yeah I think if he does fight it'll be like it might be I don't know if they can come to something with GSP or something like that I think it would only be one more fight to get to 30 and all and then that'd be it yeah yeah um I just think now he could have been emotional making the decision I don't know but like he said he like you know he seems a very sort of family orientated type of guy like and he made a promise to his mom or whatever so I don't know. I'm going to say he won't say he's yeah. done. That's kind of my, I'm, I'm leaning more to that side that he's done. Like I said, if you asked me last week, I would, yeah, I'm leaning more to the side that he's probably not going to come back, um, which is a shame. But but look, everything like a couple of months down the line, like, you know, he does his grieving over his dad or whatever. Injuries heal up. Who knows? Like, could have yeah. a change of heart. But um, I'd say it'll be, if, if he did, it'll be a while before he does like you know yeah. um, but my gut is saying no but the thing yeah. was even as well like the pressure he brought on Gaethje like but it was like he barely even broke a sweat like he's just so conditioned like like you know he, he was like in the interview like he wasn't like out of breath or anything even like that you know what I mean like he was like it was like he was fresh it was like <laughs> and the yeah, pressure he brought there mad. yeah it's just um, it's a lifetime of wrestling isn't it like it's ridiculous yeah, but you see, like, I think, and this is the thing where, you know, I think sometimes, you know, people say, like, oh, McGregor isn't fit and all, like, like, a draw, like, 
but he's not used to wrestling. You, know, like, you probably see it. You could do stand-up rounds probably all day because you're just used to it. You just have this condition. You know how to pace. You know the feel. You can do just rounds like, you know, you're just... And you see it with, like, like boxers all the time when they get older. Like, they just know how to pace. They could just... They can box rounds all day, like, and just not get hurt and not get overly tired because they just know how to pace it. They just know what to feel for it. And wrestlers are the same, I think. Like, if they've been wrestling, they just... They could wrestle all day. But if you take a wrestler and put him on the feet, they'll get tired way quicker. If you take somebody who's used to standing and put them on the ground, they'll get tired way quicker. And I think that's even, you know, like when you look at McGregor, it's like, because he, he's not used to, he's not, he's mostly stand-up. Like he could probably do stand-up rounds all day, take him to the ground, he'll, he'll tire a bit more. Khabib on the ground will just wrestle all day, every day, day. and just not yeah. get tired. Stand him up could be different, but yeah, on the ground, yeah. he's just not going to get tired. 100%, yeah. It's just, it's that sort of uh, muscle memory and just, knowing as you said what positions you can rest in and what positions when you have to go when you can just chill out like that's it's it's in all sports isn't it like you know anybody who's a specialist in what they do they're just so it's so efficient in in sort of what they're doing like you know it's it's deadly to watch yeah um i suppose uh with all the chat lately who's the go for you then um i i actually have i haven't given it much thought like but have you not no because like i haven't I haven't fully said that, like, thought about an argument, like, for who, for each person, you know, like, Khabib, like, if you, if, like, if somebody says Khabib, like, fair enough, and um, somebody says John Jones, fair enough, if you say GSP, fair enough, like, I haven't fully thought, like, I haven't given it, given it much of a thought to, like, oh, no, this is why this guy is, because he beat this guy, this guy, this guy, like, I haven't given it that much thought, like, for me, my favourite is GSP, out of, the, like, out of the three of them, um, yeah, I, I like, GSP is, like, my favourite, so I don't know if that makes, like, I don't know, Exactly. Do I consider him to go? Then I don't know. But who is it for you? Like, I think so. Before I wouldn't have said this, but I'm saying GSP now, right? And the reason is, it's not that he's. It's not that I think he's so far ahead of the rest. It's that the others haven't have sort of done themselves out of it. So if you look at Khabib, the reason why he, it's sort of easier to look for me to look at why they're not the GOAT rather than why they are the GOAT, if that makes sense. So Khabib hasn't got enough title defences. Simple as. Yeah. Um, not enough title fights. He's been so dominant, probably the most dominant fighter in history, but I don't think you can call him the GOAT, although I love him. Um, Jones, the drugs, can't can't be the GOAT, in my opinion. Oh. A lot of people have disagreed with me on this. I probably would. I probably would. Who swear by Jones. But I just think because of the offences, it rules now, in my opinion. Yeah, like I see again, like that's that's fair enough. Like if that's if that's I think like you know if that's a qualifier that people put on it, fair enough. But like you have to accept like that. Like there was a point in time where everybody was like like Anderson Silva, as we know, like was doing it as well. And and like, do people still look at for a point in time he was the goal, and then. Like that's probably when he was definitely on steroids. You know what I mean? Like the time where he was the yeah. goat, like he was probably definitely on steroids. Now when he's not on the steroids and he's got older, like you know, his best time of his career where people consider he was the best, he was on steroids. And I think everybody was at that time. Like so, I think you know, I obviously I know like someone like Chuck Liddell isn't the goat. Like, but would you be like, would you be surprised if he was? You know, like like Tito Ortiz. Like we know Brock Lesnar was, but like still people don't like still look at him as one of the best heavyweights that like in it for maybe a bit of time and like i just think 
I think it for the, I think it was just part of the sport at a point in time, and uh, you know, hundred percent. And like when you look at GSP, like, like I know he hasn't been caught, but yeah. he left that just the right time. But like just for me, with so yeah, you have to sort of look at it as you have to just look at it for what it is, and like on paper, he's never been caught for drugs. GSP. Yeah. Now we can speculate and we can make assumptions and but what's on paper is Jones has been busted, GSP hasn't, and just in my head it's and the beauty of this argument is it can never be settled. Yeah. That's what's great about it. First things first, we can all argue, we can all make a case for everyone, and you can never sort of completely disprove somebody because there's no way. But for me, yeah, it's just GSP. Like now, it's a big if. But if Jones hadn't had the charges, it would be Jones every day. When you yeah. look at who he beat, how he beat them, just ah, ridiculous rain. But he's got that black mark against his yeah. name, and for me, it just you can't really take it away. Yeah. yeah, but I think as well. See, and the thing, like I know we talk about, like Khabib is is undefeated, but. GSP beat everybody he fought like he lost fights but everybody he lost to he got the fight back it's like Matt Hughes he beat twice twice knocked him out I think he knocked him out twice as well Did he knock, or maybe knocked yeah, him out once Matt Sarah then he avenged he beat Matt Sarah and was there one more no that was it wasn't it yeah that was it two losses yeah, yeah. but like with, so, with GSP and like Jones as well like when you look at the people they be like they yeah. be unbelievable caliber of opponent i was only um, watching like i was only watching it back i was, I was a, it's maybe like it was earlier in the lockdown i was watching gsp like even against someone like like against frank trigg like frank trigg was a solid fighter like around that time like like, like a good a good solid fighter and he just made shit of him like like the, he just know, know. He just like the way he just took his position on to take the way he got like he jumped on and got the two hooks it like ah oh, it was unreal and I, I think yeah. as well like bit like even GSP in his last like against when he came back against Bisping that finish is one of the best finishes like the dropping with the left hook the way he takes oh the back God. slots in the rear neck like ah oh, it was just an unbelievable finish like just unreal the whole yeah. kind of sequence was unreal yeah now he's steady like you know just so like such a systematic approach like in the grappling like just solid and um, like chris would use a lot of his stuff and like you know he'd enc encourage us to study him a lot like you know which which we do and um, and it was sort of really only over the lockdown i actually started to watch his stuff properly like obviously i'd known how good he was and stuff but like when i was sort of studying fights a little bit more and i watched a lot of gsp and i just went Pff. here on the feet as well he was a killer yeah yeah that very just, good the, feet like too. The, the way he just the way he used the jab, like bringing kind of the, it kind of brings it like a low jab up, the way he mixes the jab into the, into the takedown was just like, it was just unbelievable, yeah. like just, uh, but, but like that then could kick as well, like use the leg kicks, like touching with the front leg, touching with the jab, and then is in on the takedown, like, but it's so simple as well, like do you know what I mean, like just that very tactic, simple just, but just effective, that, like. just that tactic of mixing the jab, mixing the front leg, like the leg kick into the like it's just such a simple tactic, but he just had it so down that like yeah. it just works against everybody. Uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. Now I do think like if if Khabib stayed on, I do think he'd eventually become the goal. But yeah, yeah. It's not a yeah. 
I think it'll be big as well what, what Jones can do at heavyweight because like, to be honest I think okay he won but his last couple of fights haven't done him any, any favours at light heavyweight because like, as you said like when you look at the way he came through and came like when he first came onto the scene and he was blowing guys out of it like he hasn't done that recently you know like yeah very systematic approaches like on the feet and, and stuff and has shown like that he is tough like and he can get in a he can win a war yeah. but just guys you, like you just think that earlier in his career he would have knocked out and he would have stopped guys like like Reyes and Santos and that you know um, no I did think the, the, Gust- the Gustafsson second fight was very good and he obviously got the stoppage there I thought that was a very oh, good yeah, performance yeah. but kind of since that like Anthony Smith like Anthony Smith I think I think you would when you see kind of what Glover Teixeira did to him you think know, you think know, Jones yeah. should be doing the same and not going the distance you know like 100%. when you see when you see the way yeah. when you see the way Jan Blachowicz knocked out Dominic Reyes you're looking at well why didn't Jones step in and do that like who's a more technical striker like who would have you feel had to take less risks of getting hit himself like I just think these last couple of fights haven't done him massive favours so we'll see what he does at heavyweight and and, yeah uh, be interesting to see Walter yeah what did you think of Robert Whitaker last week I thought he was unbelievable oh solid solid you know what I love the the right high kick that he dropped him with I love the way he does that sort of like that off the right hand the straight leg sort of coming in it's lovely started messing around with it during the week there actually Um, but yeah I like Whitaker I love his attitude as well he's a good guy like you know I'd like to see that rematch now I'd like to see him and Adesanya again Uh, yeah yeah definitely definitely he didn't seem to uh, he didn't seem too gone on the fight happening did you hear his press he was sort of like eh like they, you know, I think he's sort of like the effort of preparing for him type of thing. Yeah, that's hard to know as well. Like I suppose it can be hard when you're just off the back of a training camp as well. And that's true. Yeah, give him a bit of time. I think. And things aren't ideal either for training at the moment. You know, so. Yeah, no, yeah, so, yeah. I definitely um, love to see that for you anyway. Uh, but did I, is that confirmed about Adesanya going up? I think so. I think he's going to fight Yambla. But again, like I, I'd prefer to see Adesanya and Whitaker than I would Adesanya Yamblahovic. So would I. And it's 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 a good time for Adesanya to go up. Like Jan is, like look, he's he's good, but like he's no big threat. Like you know. Yeah. Maybe the power, but like maybe he's powerful, from to, yeah, the power is a, a thing. And look, to be fair as well, making the move from middle to light heavy. That's twenty pounds, like you know, as opposed to let's say going feather to lightweight or bantam to feather, whatever it may be, like twenty pounds a big jump. Yeah, especially when he's probably not like, you know, when you look at guys like I suppose maybe when Max Holloway went from like the time he fought Dustin at one fifty five, you kind of feel like that he just didn't have to, like he didn't just he just didn't cut as much weight, like. Yeah, like he was probably sit like he would say if he sits at one seventy. So instead of like you know cutting the twenty five pounds, he cut fifteen pounds. Whereas yeah. like Adesanya, you don't feel like that's kind of the story. You don't feel it's a case of where he's just going to have to cut a little bit less weight. You kind of feel like he's going to have to grow into the division a bit more. Like yeah, yeah. like he he cuts he cuts feck all like yeah, that's like he's Adesanya. To, to, I think for for his last fight there, I think. Rhyme's telling me, I think it said it in one of the embedded. Like three days out, he was like, was it five, five pounds, six pounds, something like that? I don't know. Yeah. Something, something very little anyway. And for a few of his fights, he's come in at like 183, 184 yeah, and all. 
Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. I don't think it was this fight. I think, yeah, I think it was maybe, could have even been the Whitaker fight or was it the OL? I think it was Yoel Romero came in at 183. I think he did. Yeah, he doesn't seem to cut that much. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares out going up 20 pounds. Like. Yeah. What's just some there's some good fights there like it's all like it's it's been great that the UFC has been has been able to stay on because like oh it's kept it's me a, sane like yeah yeah especially the ones over the last few weeks they've been on at decent times because you know like when you there's nothing worse like when you look at a pay-per-view card and you see two title fights because it's great that they're going to be on but every time I go oh it's going to be half five before you get to sleep that's what oh, I always look at it's like oh it's like great I'm excited for the two title fights but it's like when you're going to be when you're cause they're sitting there barely able to stay awake it's kind of like oh my god just get this finished it messes you up then for the next day I find I'm wrote off for the Sunday then like yeah. you know all day like so only if it's a big one I'll stay up for it like I think like over the lock I stayed up for Tony Gagey um what else? What other big fights were on? What was the one? Um, Usman. Yeah, stayed up for that. Yeah, yeah. Steep, um, uh, Steep and DC. I didn't for that one. No, do you know, I think they were the only two. Uh, Usman and Masvidal and then Tony and Gaethje. Uh, like, I'd watch the prelims. Was, uh, so Usman and Masvidal wasn't that where didn't Volkanovski Holloway fight on that card as well? And then... Yeah, the, yeah, that, that's right, yeah. Those three title fights, wasn't it? Peter, Peter Yan and, and Jose Aldo. That's yeah. it. That's the one. Yeah, I stayed up for that one. But like, um, I've been watching nearly all, like every card that's been on, I've watched the prelims too. And like some of the fights on the, like only ever since since lockdown sort of, the fights on the prelims are unbelievable. Yeah. But some of the best fights are on there. And do you know what I find as well about watching the prelims? And it's kind of happened now with your man, your man Kazmat. Chimoyev is like when you catch somebody on the prelim like and they kind of really impress like and you're kind of like geez I can't wait to see Even him again random. see him again and I was only saying this like to, to Eddie the other day like the, it's it's and it goes back to even remember like when McGregor was starting it's it's it is definitely like to come up like when you see somebody on the prelims like and you see like they're going through the rankings and you're thinking Jesus will he beat this guy or I'd love to see him fight this guy and he's going up do you know what I mean like that's it's kind of that journey of watching somebody building through like and seeing how far they get is is um very I, your man, um, you know that Georgian fella in the bantamweight division, um, Marab, Marab Diashvili or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's, Marab, there, yeah. he's some wrestler, like so. Even him, he's one. There's been a, there's a few others as well that like I can. He's the one I can just remember off the top of my head. But there's been a few others that I've been watching. I've been like, I'm looking forward to see how he does. Like, yeah, yeah. So. Uh... Yeah, Kazmat's definitely been one. I suppose he's been like that for everybody, but yeah, he's definitely yeah. after that where I was like, after his first fight before he fought, going from the first fight into the Reese fight, like I was like, I was really excited for that fight. And then like straight away after that one, I was like, you're looking, it's like, get him on again quick because I want to see him, him again. again. Yeah, yeah, get him on quick. So uh, he's, he's killing it lately. It'd be interesting to see what he does. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, look, I think actually, like, I think we'll I nearly leave it there. Um, yeah, cool, yeah. How I've, long are uh, we on? Uh, well, an hour and hour and twenty ish, hour and twenty four. So it goes quick. It goes quick. To be honest, it, with the talking fights, we could probably stay here for another hour or so talking fights. Really, oh, geez, but uh, at least, at least. But yeah, I think uh, I think we will leave it there. Actually, I don't think I didn't ask this the last time you were on, because uh, I wasn't really doing it. But like, if you had to pick a favorite fighter, um, a favorite Ooh. fighter, MMA, boxing, sport, it could be taekwondo. Okay, anyway, if you had to pick a favorite fighter, who would you Checking pick? Out. 
you know what? I knew you asked this in all the episodes <laughs> and I didn't even think about it. Um, let me have a think now. Hold on. Adesanya. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. I'm, like that would have been, now I'm going at that from a, from a style point of view and his ability, like, you know, and if you like Mayweather would have been like sort of my favorite, my like he's my go for boxing and stuff like, and he'd have been my go-to for that a lot of the time. But just for me now, in terms of like, like people's ability and sort of what I can appreciate, like I think I share sort of a similar style to Adesanya and stuff. And I can more experience now in MMA and how difficult it can be to defend takedowns and implement that style of striking it has to be Adesanya. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely my he's favorite. My fi- yeah. Definitely my favorite. He'd be my favorite fighter at the moment as well. Um, like you said just the style I think I think just the fact that our backgrounds and that you can kind of relate to the way he fights a bit more like um, so yeah so have a, a good pick yeah a good pick yeah so yeah I suppose yeah thanks man for coming on man really really appreciate no it no bother Jamie good, good love it as always uh, great to be back on and I'll chat to you soon yeah yeah take care man hopefully the club is back up and running properly soon that's it hopefully hopefully we get on it soon man yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers, man. thanks for having me on take care kid take it easy